This is Jesse Schreck with PracticalMissions.com and the Practical Missions Podcast, giving insight into church planning missions in postmodern culture and giving updates about our ministry and the opportunities that you have to get involved personally to make an eternal impact for the gospel in Italy. Today I want to uh, share uh, one particular verse that um, I've been pondering this past week while here in the U.S. Uh, on our furlough, uh, taking some time to rest, taking some time to uh, see the church body, see our supporters, see our family, friends, just hang out, be with the people, and also at the same time exhort and encourage the body of Christ to missional living and being involved in missions abroad, in particular in Italy where there is less than 1% evangelical presence today, where Christian bookstores don't exist, Christian radio, never heard of it. Uh, Literally, less than 1% still means 0% uh, evangelicalism in Italy. Uh, So creating awareness about that reality, getting uh, more people to understand the need and how they personally and as a church can get involved and make a difference there. Uh, where there's such a great need, 60 million people with no understanding of Christianity, no understanding of the gospel of the grace of God, no understanding of salvation and what it means to be saved uh, in desperate need of Jesus Christ, truly. Um, But anyway, this particular verse is important for all of us today uh, in many ways. We have this idea of being a disciple. We want to be good and faithful stewards. We want to honor the Lord in all that we do. We want to be involved in the mission of Jesus Christ, both with where we're at today, with the people that are in our sphere of influence, uh, in our community, in our church, wherever we are, and also as we partner and serve globally to make an impact where there's are no Christians in places like Italy, for example. And this verse today comes from Ecclesiastes uh, chapter four, and it's verse four, one verse, and we're just gonna I'm gonna unfold a couple things about this that are relevant to us today as people desiring to be good disciples of Jesus Christ our Lord. The verse says this, I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry. That's our big word for this talk today, rivalry. Between a man and his neighbor. This too is vanity and striving after win. So we remember Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom, okay? There's uh, the preacher, as it's, as it's referred to here, that is unfolding this for us, uh, going up and down in his experience of seeking after what life is, who God is, what it means to live, uh, how things work in life, and just so many s- single statements about what wisdom is and what it's not and what we need to focus on what we don't and this idea of vanity and all these vain things. But again, it is relevant to us who have the full understanding of the gospel today. We have all of scripture and we see how it all can go together. Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind here is this idea of rivalry. And then also the idea I want to remind us is there's the natural man, as we read in Corinthians and from the Apostle Paul often, the natural man who sees things one way, understands things in a certain way, does things in a certain way with certain motives. And then there's the supernatural man or the man who is regenerated by the Holy Spirit, born again, and is actually a new creation, uh, given a new heart with new desires and a person who desires entirely 
in his heart now to do the will of God, to obey the Lord in in everything he does. His heart desires this because it's a new heart uh, with the desiring to do the will of God at any cost. Uh, but who lives with a sinful flesh that is still what we would call the natural man, of the natural man, desires of the flesh, emotions, the mind, these kinds of things that would be in conflict with his heart, his new heart, uh, which is... Uh, born of the Spirit of God. So we see here these points, and I have. he says again, I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry. And maybe that's something we don't think about often, but in this particular time, for example, it's quite clear to me, because here where I'm staying currently, uh, there's an um, answering machine for the phone, which is great. For, for some reason in Italy, Having an answering machine is just super complicated. Even on your cell phones, there's no such thing as like a voicemail where you can have people, you leave your own little message and then they leave a message for you, like a voice message. Uh, at the houses, setting up a voicemail is just complicated. Here, everybody has just a little machine. You plug it in and then, you know, you record your thing and they give you a message and it's just fantastic. It's easy. I don't know why that's so complicated in Italy. Somehow that needs to get figured out over there. Um, but anyway, uh, here I'm getting these calls and the answering machine. I hear it. I don't know how many times a day like uh, some kind of politicians or whatever are calling, leaving messages, and they want you to vote for them. And to me, it's really obvious. Uh, also on TV is all this talk about uh, Trump, right, and uh, this election, Clinton, Hillary Clinton, all these people trying to run for presidency, etc. It's very obvious to us, this idea that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry. This is a biblical truth that goes throughout all of history, will always be true, always has been true. We don't realize it often, but it's true that most people, what motivates them is rivalry, competition, to outdo, as it says here, their neighbor, to be better than their neighbor. And in a certain sense, I guess this is also good. Uh, the, the good part about even living in cities is uh, there's so many people concentrated in one area that the competition goes higher. People get better and better at their particular skill because they need to compete. Others inspire them, uh, and the quality of everything kind of goes up. Things are done better. New inventions happen. Uh, all kinds of different things can happen as a result of this. So in a certain sense, it's good. Uh, but what's interesting here is too often there can be rivalry where there shouldn't be, and that's the point for today. In, uh, in our Christian circles, there can be competition. There can be rivalry. And I know it has to happen when I see one church on this corner and directly across the street on the other side of the street is another church. There has to be rivalry between them. It would be hard not to. Now, in heaven, it won't be that way. And that's what we have to look forward to. And But while we're here, we need to avoid that kind of mentality, competing with one another. And then people, even in their service unto the Lord, there's here in the States, there's such an abundance of Christianity, so many servants, it's probably only natural that there's a little competition between them also. Other countries where there are no Christians, the church is just struggling to get by. We're, we're trying to find anyone who's willing to serve and do something. Here, everybody wants to serve Jesus, do something. But now there's a little competition there also. Some people want to sing, uh, perhaps. But there's not enough room for more singers on the choir. Now there's a little competition. I can outdo, I can prove that I'm better, I can make myself available, and all these kinds of things can happen. And a rivalry can happen here. Same thing in missions work. This could happen. There can be rivalries. There can be like turf claims over on the on the mission field where there are so few. Uh, someone's working to plant a church. Another group comes along. They're trying to plant a church. Hey, this is our turf. What are you doing? Get out of here. There can be that kind of tension. But that's the kind of thing we need to avoid. And how do we avoid this kind of 
problem in church life. Is if we want to be good disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to recognize first of all what that we are prone to this kind of just like we're prone in the flesh to sin, to do sinful things, to think wrong thoughts, to gossip, to whatever it is. Uh, we're also prone to compete and prove ourselves uh, to be better than others. So we need to recognize that bad tendency, that sinful tendency that we might have. Second, we need to recognize the beauty of the gospel. If you think the gospel, you understand it, and you've got it, it's so simple. Yes, it is very simple, but it's also so profound that it continues all your life to blow your mind away, to just reshape who you are, reveal to you your sinfulness, give you peace and rest as you recognize you don't need to prove yourself. You are a wicked, wretched sinner in the eyes of God. You are actually dead spiritually in the eyes of God, an enemy of God, and yet He came and made you new. He decided to love you. He called you out of the masses personally by name and made you something new. Uh, you don't need to compete. You don't need to prove yourself to other people. You don't need to be this great, awesome thing. You can say accurately and soberly, you know who you are. And your identity is in Jesus Christ the Lord, the one who loved you when you didn't deserve it. That's enough for you. That's the second thing we can take from this. And then as we serve uh, and become missional, we don't need to fall into that trap like the disciples did when they were trying to see already following Jesus, which one of us is the greatest, which one is better. It doesn't make a difference. Jesus is the greatest. That's the important thing. Don't let it, let's, let's be careful, all of us, and pray to the Lord. Protect us, Lord Jesus, from becoming Christian people that compete with each other, that out of rivalry are motivated to do things. But instead, let us be a people before the Lord who says, I know who I am. I know how wretched I am, but I know how great the gospel is, that Jesus loves me regardless. My goal is to live for Jesus' honor, to serve Him, to preach His gospel, to be involved and help people who preach His gospel in places where there is no evangelical presence. And uh, may that be our our, our motivation. May the Lord help all of us today with that, to not compete, to not be un, uh, a bad testimony, the, the kind of people who live according to the flesh still, but instead recognize these things, live still on the gospel and the power of the gospel, shaped by it, and a humble people who serves the Lord with all our hearts, who preach the gospel, who send missionaries, support missionaries, and make an impact where currently people aren't there to make an impact. And you guys who are following us and supporting us are actually doing that. Uh, but I encourage all of us to, uh, to continue to remember our motives. May it be for the glory of God alone, above all things. Love you guys. God bless you. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to Practical Missions Podcast with Jesse Schreck. I serve as a full-time church planning missionary with Saints Equipped to Evangelize in North Italy. I also promote biblical or practical missions through the website practicalmissions.com. This is in order to help our supporters and all onlookers to gain perspective on missions, missional living, supporting missions, and church planning in postmodern culture. For more information, visit practicalmissions.com. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, 
you love the Italian people, you love the Church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.